It's good to see you, and uh, i got to give a shout out. This is our second week. We're actually live streaming. You're like, really live streaming from here? Yes, and we have friends watching in Hawaii, so it's Dell's birthday today, watching in Hawaii with her whole family and connected with Scott and Lily, and so Dell, happy birthday, and uh, you're one of our... <laughs> see? There you go. And last week it was funny, I just, I was, I'm not a real social media guy, but I was watching almost 400 people watch this last week. <laughs> not, not necessarily live, but they caught it on demand and stuff, and I'm like, that's crazy. My mom was 10 of them, so I just, <laughs> I think she watched it several times during the week, but hey, whatever it takes, okay? But it's good to see you this morning. We haven't had a chance to meet before. My name's Jeff, and you made it to a campus of Life Center. We're here in Tacoma. And uh, here, central Tacoma, out in, out in the Spanaway area, a couple Spanish churches. And we're all about inspiring our community to love and follow Jesus. And that's what this is all about. It's all about Jesus. And it makes it a lot easier when it's not about me and it's not about you, because it's all about him. That just lowers the bar. I mean, it raises the bar, really. It doesn't lower the bar. It raises the bar. But it definitely makes it a lot easier, because what's Jesus up to because he's the one that does the inviting. He said what? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's his invitation. We don't have to make this up. It's like he invited us to join him in what he's up to. And that's why we're here. A couple quick things. Uh, we got men's breakfast coming up. We are at Central for that this time. We're working to bring it over here. So guys, if you want to go, feel free to join us there. I've got tickets if you want to get one ahead of time. Uh, we got some she groups coming up. And uh, we're working to get that here as well. We got some life groups. All those signups are down at the little entry table. Put your name on there. We'll catch up with you, get you some next steps in, in that. And so this is week four of the Church I See. Week number four, last week of this New Year's series, because we want to see the church that Jesus sees. You ever been in that kind of that space with a friend and they're in a relationship and you can't quite see what they see in the other person and it's like hey you've got on your what your rose-colored glasses because you're not seeing clearly it's okay to put on your Jesus-colored glasses because Jesus sees clearly what it is that he's up to with the church because Jesus said these words he said what I will build my church that's a quote from Jesus it's not my quote, it's not your quote, it's not anybody else. Jesus said, I will build my church. And that's the foundation that we started with. And our word for the year is the word devoted. Because Acts 2.42 sets this stage of what's happening in the early church. Jesus is gone, the church is getting formed and founded. What he said he would build is starting to happen. And in Acts 2.42, it says what? It says, they devoted themselves. And then it goes on in that verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a few verses down, it says that they were gathered in the temple courts, and then they scattered themselves into smaller communities. And so there's a place that we're gathered, and there's also a place that we're gathered. And we're going to look at some of those things today. But where have we been? This is the fourth week. We've been in a couple spots. The church we found that is devoted to what? Knowing Jesus and making him known. That's a positive. Uh, the church is also devoted that it's a place of, for all generations. I mean, you look around the room, 
We got people downstairs that are under three, and we got people up here that are 103. Not quite, not quite, but we're getting there. We're all on that pathway (laughs) because that's how it goes. And then we saw last week that we're a church not just in the city, but we're a church for the city. Why are we here? What's the purpose? What is the reason for our existence? And then the last thing, what we're going to lean into today is simply this. The church I see is devoted because we don't just go to church. What? Okay, we are. So we don't just go to church. We are the church. And we've kind of wrestled and navigated around that a little bit throughout this series because I think that's really at the core. Because it's so easy to just go to church. Anybody gone to church before? Like you just kind of check the time card. You got in the back of the room, you got your church time card, and you just get in there, you stamp it, punch in, you punch out. Got my church done. Huh? Come on, we've all been there. I've been doing this a long time. There are definitely some weeks I punched the clock going into church, and I punched it going out, and it's like, good, I got that off the list. I'm the guy that goes to church on vacation. Like, I, you do too? Well, that's, we're sick. But, but it's like, it's like sometimes though I've gone on vacation, and it's like it's not all that good, so I just go in, check in, and then I leave. It's like, what did I do that for? It's like, well, because I went to church. So I, but I get that. Sometimes we're just punching the clock. But see, the church isn't something we just do. The church is something we're becoming. We are becoming the church. It's who we are. How many hours in a week? 168. I'll do the math for you. It's 168. Some of you are like trying to figure it out. I'm like, really, if you don't know, you're not going to figure it out in that split second unless, you know, 7 times 24. Okay, well, it's 140, and then there's 100. Okay. 168, okay. It's 168 hours. How many of you get a good 7, 8 hours of sleep a night? How many would like to get seven or eight hours of sleep? To, how many of you go like nine or ten? It's okay. There's no shame here. But, but it's like we need some rest. So, so, you know, subtract. That's the word I was looking for. Subtract the, subtract the rest off of there. Maybe 50, 60 hours. Of, so you got about 110 hours left. I see you here an hour or so, 109. I mean, you start doing the math, there's a lot of time that we have to be the church. And it's not about just going someplace, it's about being something. It's about the opportunity that Jesus has invited us to, to join him in and what it is that he's up. And it's something that we're becoming. We're in process. Anybody have a past? Well, we all have a past. Sometimes, though, we put it with a capital P, don't we? We put, wow, I got a past. (laughs) You know, we we kind of emphasize that whole thing because we all have reasons why we think we shouldn't be the church, why we shouldn't be included in what Jesus is up to. I love what Bob Goff, you ever read any, any, heard Bob or read any of his books? This guy is crazy. But he says, don't let who you were keep you from being who you are becoming. You and I are in the space of becoming. We're in process. You know, I think it was, I don't know, Corey, somebody in the past, they said, you know, please be patient. Oh, it was, uh, it was on uh, Aunt something. <laughs> <laughs> Dell, happy birthday. <laughs> 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 
That was funny. No, it was Billy Graham's wife. It's Billy Graham's wife. This is what she wanted on her tombstone. Uh, oh, construction finished. or so. I, I forget it. Okay. So <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. But, but see, when we come to church, there's this space where this is like, and we got football fans in here. This is the huddle. This is the huddle. This is it. This isn't the game. This is the huddle. This is the opportunity we have to come, to come together. And, and, you know, the purpose isn't the huddle. The purpose is to get out and do the game. That's the significance of, of this moment. I mean, you've, I've, I think I've told you the definition of football before. It's 22 people in need of, of rest being cheered on by 50,000 people in need of exercise. That is kind of what the definition of a football game is. <laughs> Look at the people sitting in the stands. I mean, none of them could make it on the field. I mean, it's just, it's awful. But I mean, imagine, imagine Russell Wilson next season, not this season, it's over. But imagine Russell's coming to the huddle, he calls the play, and then he runs off the field. Says, you guys got this. I'm out. I'm out. You know, it's like, I'll see you guys next week. No, it, there's a huddle, and then he's in the play. This is the huddle. This is the huddle. In a moment, we're going to all put our hands in, and we're going to go, ready, break. And we're going to split all over this community. I saw some of you walking down the street today getting here. Some of you drove from another distance. We're all going to go someplace different because we're going to scatter ourselves into becoming the church. Today, we're going to be 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, you don't have to have a Bible if you have one. You can go there. It's going to be on the screen. One of my favorite passages of Scripture because it has got a great picture and offers a place for your imagination to run wild. Do you read the Bible and let your imagination run wild? You should because it's full of life. It's full of energy. And, 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 and I think what this passage leads us into, it leads us into this thought and it leads us into this space where there's a tension of the church between being an organization and being an organism. Two things, organization and an organism. Uh, I love this quote, and it's from a, a guy I used to work with, and it says, if you handed someone a Bible and after they read it, you asked, what's a church? What's the chance they would say it's a building, a business, an institution, or an organization? I'd say zero. If you handed someone a Bible, and they, but we don't always start with the Bible. We start with our own thoughts of what it looks like to be the church. Another book that I read years ago, it's called The Forgotten Ways, and it's, it's a little deeper, but I just want to read this paragraph because I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was kind of tied in as we jump into 1 Corinthians 12. It says, here we are on fertile biblical ground because organic images of the church and the kingdom abound in the scriptures. Images like body, field, yeast, seeds, trees, living temples, vines, animals, etc. These images are not just verbal metaphors that help us describe the theological nature of God's people, but actually go to issues of essence. Therefore, they need to be rediscovered, re-embraced, and relived in order to position us as Jesus' people for the challenges and complexities facing us in the 21st century. We must find a new way to experience ourselves beyond the static, mechanistic, and institutional paradigm that predominates our view of church. See, there's something organic or 
around this whole idea of church. And, and Paul is going to develop in 1 Corinthians 12 here, he develops this image and this picture of the body of Christ. And what does it look like to have a healthy body? I'm not a physician. I've got friends in the room that could help me more with this. But, I mean, I look at this right here. There's lots of systems going on all at once. How many of you are happy you have a skeletal system? Otherwise, I would be kind of just laid out here, a blob on the floor. Skeletal system is awesome. I'm thankful that I have a digestive system. I'm thankful I have a nervous system. I'm, I'm really thankful I have a circulatory system. If it failed right now, wouldn't that be awesome? You would never forget this Sunday. Pastor's preaching, pastor's circulatory system failed. He was done. We got out early. Huh? Come on. Some of you are looking at your clock already. You'd be like, that's awesome. We got out early. Okay, I'm, okay. But you get the idea. I took that just one step too far. But see, we don't just go to church. We are becoming the church. And Paul has this image that he, that he pictures for us of what it looks like. What are these benefits of us becoming the church? Because that's what he calls us to. First thought is this. You have a place to belong. You have a place to belong. Listen to verse 12. He says, the human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. I love the word that I like in that verse is the word so. So, because now all of a sudden it's a fact, it's not a goal. So it is. Not, well, it might be, it's possible. No, so it is with the body of Christ. You and I were created for connection. You and I were created to belong. Years ago, this church, its theme and its, and its word was just called the joy of belonging. And it was at the like, 70th anniversary of this church. I remember that. And there was a book somebody wrote. And it's the joy. Why? Because you and I have a place to belong. And then in 27, we kind of jump to the tail end here. He says, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of of it. Each of you is a part of it. There's a couple buckets in the back. Someone want to grab those? And I'm going to slide over here, grab my illustration. A couple buckets going to come around. And uh, in the bucket, I want you to grab a piece out of the bucket. It's a piece of Lego. It's a piece of Lego. I bought two of these this week. And this is the one that's put together. And the other one's just in the bucket. So you're going to grab a piece of it. And then afterward, you have no. <laughs> We're not going to put it together. But, but how many of you have ever played with Lego? Yeah. How many of you have ever stepped on a Lego? <laughs> That's even worse than playing with them. But, but I mean, Lego, they have improved. How many of you, like I'm not a young man, but as a kid, they had, I played with Lego. And they were definitely less uh, exciting than they are now because it was a lot of just bricks couple wheels here and there, but a lot of bricks, and way more creative today. And I mean, you think about where the Lego empire has gone. It almost crashed at one point. I was reading about the history of Lego, and it almost crashed, and then it moved into this space where it's like, you think about the unique designs, the different sets. There's Legoland theme parks. There's movies. There's, there's, there's a Lego empire now all around these little pieces of plastic. 
And, and, and the, thing about, the thing about Lego is simply this. Around the late 50s, they figured out how they really make these bricks lock together. Because when they get together, they're a lot stronger than they are by themselves. I mean, you can do some incredible things when you start to put these pieces together. And that's the picture that Paul's starting to use to describe the church. He's like, hey, there's many parts, but all of these parts together are going to make one, one unique piece called the body of Christ. And so you belong See, the individual piece doesn't seem like much, but you start stacking them together, and all of a sudden, something begins to form out of all those individual pieces and all those parts. And God's like, hey, I'm inviting you. You belong to my body. Come and join me because I got some great spaces for you to jump into. And then what what we step into next as we take all of these pieces is simply this. You make unity your destination. There's a unity that comes. Verses 13 and 14, it says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body, how? By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Most of you have some different piece to this little model car in your hand. Somebody's got the wheel, someone's got a headlight, someone might have the windshield, somebody's just probably got a brick. It's like, I don't know where this fits on the car. See, the, the old cliche is what? It's unity, not uniformity. If you've been around. And so it's not like, if, if, every, if, if all you, I handed out to you today was just a brick, we could build a little wall out of it, but we sure couldn't put this car together because we wouldn't have all the parts that we need for that to do that. And so most of they're not the same. And when I, when I was a kid, the Lego sets I had, Lego didn't have as much space in the store when you went to shop for it because it was like one box. Buy these bricks. Oh, that's fun. No, but I had to be more creative than my kids did because I had to do something with just these bricks. But it was like there wasn't like, I went to a Walmart and grabbed this little box, and I'm like, the whole, there's a whole row. I'm like, I'm trying to find one that's small and cheap and about enough pieces to give everybody a piece. And it's just like, I'm like, it's a whole row of stuff. Eric themes and all this different activities. And, and so we need the variety. See, we need the variety, but within the variety, we also find the unity. All look, I mean, if you look around the room, we're all different. We've all walked in from someplace different. We've all got a different background. We've got different spaces and places and all these things. But when we come together under this umbrella of Jesus, now all of a sudden what? We find unity. We find unity, but not uniformity. Wouldn't it be boring if everybody was like you or me? I mean, it, it would be awful. It would be awful. We need the variety. And, and the third thought here, I think, is, is very significant because Paul comes into this space, and as I choose to live within this thing called the body of Christ, what happens is my attitude stays in check. There's an attitude check that he starts to put into this, and, and, and there's these attitudes that can, can creep in if we're not careful and we're not working from the foundation of unity, and instead we're trying to lean into this uniformity. Listen to, listen to verses 15 to 17. It says, if the foot says, this is the part I love. Does your foot ever talk to you? 
I think the phrase is, my dogs are barking. But uh, if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if your ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Does, does that create any pictures in your head? When I was reading it this week, this was the one picture I could think of. <laughs> I could just think of, of that's Mike. Sorry. Soli's his friend, but that's Mike. Sorry, thanks for shouting out. But uh, <laughs> it's Mike, but you're wrong. But that's Mike, Mike from Monsters, Inc., Mike Wazowski. I mean, just think if Mike came to church this morning. Mike just wandered up the stairs, and he came in here. What would you guys be thinking? Yeah, you'd be like, whoa, what's wrong with you, dude? Yeah, any, I mean, we'd just be like freaking out if Mike came to church. Why? Because he's mainly an eye. He's just, he's mainly an eye. He's got some other parts, but he's mainly an eye. It, it's a freak if Mike comes to church. We'd love on him, but it's like, Mike, what happened? What happened, Mike? I, I don't, I've never seen anybody quite like you before. <laughs> what, what do you call that? But, but I mean, see, this attitude, if it's like, this attitude is like that says, hey, I'm not, a, I'm not a hand, I'm only a foot, or I'm not an eye, I'm only an ear, and all this, that attitude that needs, what happens in that attitude is simply this, it says, I don't belong, I don't matter, I don't have a part here, I'm not very important. Anybody ever broke a toe? Yeah, is your toe important at that point? Yeah, all systems go to the toe. I think I just broke my toe. It's like, whoop, whoop, you know, the whole body goes into full alert. Why? Because my little toe got broken. It's like everybody's aware now. Hey, head, hey, my toe's broken. Everything starts to respond to that because we sometimes think, hey, because I'm not like them, they don't need me. And Paul is like, hey, we need everybody. We need everybody to find their place and be a part of the body of Christ. It's a slippery slope if we start playing the comparison game. How many of you like to do what I'm doing? Anybody love to teach? See, some of you, yeah, good. We'll, we'll trade out. But, but some of you, some of you, this would kill you. This would be death. Like if I told you, I came up and said, hey, next week you're on. You, would, would you, you wouldn't sleep this week. You would just be dying. I used to die. You probably wish I would now. No, but I mean, it used to, this used to make me nervous. It, it's like I should be more nervous than I am. But, but it's like, but Paul, Paul writes in another letter to a church. What does he say? He says, we are God's workmanship. We're, we're his handiwork. We're his masterpiece. He's created us. Why has he created us? For us to do good works. He didn't isolate it. It's like, well, only this person is God's masterpiece. He says, you are all God's masterpiece. You are all his handiwork. You are all his creation. You are a part of this thing called the body of Christ. He's created for you in advance good works. That's the work that he has for us. Second attitude crops up here. It says, how strange your body would be if it only had one part. That's old Mike up there. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. 
So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. See, the second attitude is summarized in the simple phrase we read in those verses, and it's right there in the middle. It says what? I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. See, that, that's not the, because you're not like me, I don't need you. See, that's an attitude that can creep in. That's the attitude. Paul's like, hey, first of all, you're needed, so don't go like, well, they don't need me. And then second of all, don't put yourself in a position where you've elevated yourself and say, hey, I got this. I don't need you. I am like the multi-gifted, multi-spaced person that I got this whole body thing just all wrapped up right here. And Paul's like, no, you don't. There's no way. That's not how God made this to work. God made this that everybody has a part. Everybody has a place. Everybody has a function. And so you, that attitude can creep in as well. And, and, and so we miss, we miss it when we think that the part that I play is more important than the part that somebody else's plays. All, of, all the parts are necessary. See, when you, when you read and you grab some, a little Lego set, there's, there's some instruction books in here. And it, and it identifies each piece. And some of the pieces, you know, they might have an X times two, and you're looking for two of those and, and some different things. But every piece has to fit in the perfect place for it to fulfill its design. And so within the body of Christ, we all have a part to play. And so the, we're not complete until everybody finds their place and their piece. Verse 18 says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. See, if you don't like the parts you've got, don't blame me. Go talk to God about it. God's the one that, what's it say? God put each part where he wants it. God put us where he wants us. Doesn't mean we can't grow and develop and mature and there's opportunity. No, all that's there, but God is doing the one that's putting us in place. Sometimes you'd rather be the the wheel than the headlight. And you know what? God's like, I've got you where I want you. You ever been in that before? And you're like, really, God, this is where you want me? I do that all the time. I, all the time, I'm like, this is it? He's like, no, I got you right where I want you. Okay, okay. I don't know that I saw it. He said, I don't care. I got you where I want you. Why don't you step into that and do what I'm asking you to do right now? Because I've got you right where I want you. And, and that's, the, that's the tension. And, he, and God, divides, God invites us into this relationship where we have the opportunity to discover what part we can play. You got a little coupon on the way in, a little growth track card. If you didn't get one, we got some more. But on that, and periodically we'll offer this class, but on that, what I wanted to, to highlight is just on that there's a link on here. There's a tool called Assess Me. And if you haven't done this yet, I would want to encourage you to do it. We paid for you to do this. It's like a $15 little exercise of giftings and personality and some leadership style. We, we paid for you. You can go online and take this. I, I did it with Mrs. Hope yesterday. We did a little, she and I connected for a minute. And uh, I encourage you to do this because it starts to set that pathway of who you are. What part do you play? Where is it that God wants you to be? And some of you, I got this figured out. That's fine. Do it again. Do it again, because I think there's times, there's different seasons, there's different spaces, there's places we're in, and God wants to use us. So you got one of these, there's a little link on there, 
if you get someplace and they're asking for money, stop and go return back because it's paid for. It's all covered for you. And so last thought is simply this. As we live out in the benefits of being part of the body of Christ, as you discover your place and move from doing church to becoming the church, verses 25 and 26, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Notice what happens when we discover our place in the body of Christ. Look at those words in there. There's harmony. There's care. There's concern. There's, there's this space of celebration. See, the, that image of the church of the body of Christ is attractive, and that image begins to draw people into what Jesus is up to. Anybody had an experience at church where you, there wasn't harmony, there wasn't care, there wasn't concern, and there wasn't celebration? Yes, to all of the above. We've all had those moments. Why? Because there is no perfect church. If you're looking for that, you spoiled it when you came. <laughs> I spoiled it when I came. I'm, I'm just being honest. There's no statue out front. We've just, we honor the perfect church person. No, that person doesn't exist. Jesus exists. It's his church. It's his church. And so we, we've all experienced both sides of that equation, but, but there's this picture of this preferred reality that's set before us, this reality of harmony and care and concern and celebration, and just to, to have these guys up here today and just hear Janice's story, that's a positive. That's like, are, were you encouraged by Janice's story? Absolutely. One clap, and, but everybody else agrees. I know, I know. But it's just like, yes, we're encouraged by that. Why? Because we can celebrate. But there's other moments we weep with those who weep. And that's part of it. But it's, but it's like there's this tension in church where it's like it's us here, but it's also us who are not here. Because Jesus is like, I will build my church. He didn't say, well, oh, finished with that. Let's, let's go on. No, it's an ongoing process. We're becoming we're becoming, and it's that tension we wrestle with of those who are here and those who are not yet here, and we have to become, what does this organism look like? See, I don't know about you, but the, the physical body continually changes. Anybody have little kids around? Anybody, were you ever a little kid? Yeah, but I mean, but I mean I've got a couple grandkids that hang out with me quite a bit, and they're going to be three and five, and I got my daughter that's 12 going on 13 and you know I watched those kids and it would be odd if they were still the same as they were like six months ago or a year ago because man you can some of those stages it's just like you know and sometimes you don't see somebody's kid or somebody for a while and like man what's the phrase man you've really grown you know it's obvious it's like you know or you got kids and their pants are now like this far up their ankles and you turned them into capris, and they were supposed to be like regular length. And it's just like, wow, what, what went on there? See, and so often, like, we take this thing called the body of Christ, and we just, we get settled, and we're like, okay with, like, lack of growth. No, I hope at some point we sit in this room, and it's like, whoa, our pain, whoa, look at, man, someone walks in, they haven't been here for a couple months, they're like, whoa, what happened? What happened? You're going to go down to Arizona and your husband's gone. You guys were gone for six months. And it's like you come back in here and you're like, whoa, what happened? 
What happened to this place? This is crazy. Where'd all these people come from? Who are all these people? What happened? Someone's sitting in my seat. What am I going to do now? Someone came in today and they're like, well, we haven't been here before, but we know where our seat is at another life center. And I'm like, well, you can pick one here and hope it's here next week when you come. Because it's like, who knows? Someone's in here. Yeah, you guys all sit in the same seats. I know exactly where you're going to be. I'm hoping someone comes next week and sits in your seat. Because you're going to have to grow. You're going to walk in and you're going to grit your teeth and you're going to go, oh, someone got my spot. Excellent. Excellent. God is changing your heart. One seat at a time. Whatever it takes, he's working on you. And so as we wrap up this morning, we got to get going. We're done. We're done. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Just a couple verses here and then a couple thoughts. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You and I, why are we here? To motivate each other to acts of, acts of love and good works. We're going to leave in a minute. So we don't neglect meeting together. You're here. Check that one off the list. Now, are you motivated? to acts of love, and to good works. See, that's the, the, the goal that Jesus has invited us to, the life he's invited us to, is he invited us to join him in his, his church. Who's the head of this church? Jesus is. We're the body of Christ. We're not the head of Christ. We're the body of Christ. He's invited us to that. And then out of that, you and I, we gather to motivate each other and encourage each other to acts of love and to good works. And we're going to scatter ourselves in a minute. And we are going to become and we are going to be the church. Good. We got one guy ready to go and the rest of you... Bless you. And we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to go. We've got to gather and we have to scatter. It's both and. And we've got to ask ourselves simply, what are the things that the church is supposed to do and what is the church supposed to be? Last couple thoughts is simply this. We are people with unique gifts. We are people with unique opportunities. And we are people who carry his Presence. It's no longer I that lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. Are you filled up today? I hope so, because we got a long, we got 167 more hours to go before we're going to see each other again. And what does Jesus want to do in those 167 hours as he has invited us to become the church? Come on. That's what he's invited us to. And, and it's like the old uh, mission impossible, you know. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. See, and it's not mission impossible, it's mission possible. Why? Because Jesus made the invitation. Jesus made the invitation. He said, I will build my church. Come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of man. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. We'll get you out of here. Thanks so much for being here today. And uh, as we wrap this up today, are you encouraged to become the church? I am. I need to hear this all the time. This is like my favorite thing to hear. We'll be on something else next week. But I got to come back to this. 
And uh, you can come back. We got our new app, so it's going to be on there. Check it out on Facebook. But just, I need to hear these words a lot because it's so easy. We drift. We drift away sometimes from what the core of this mission is, that Jesus has invited us into this simple mission to become his church, to become the body of Christ, to live out the embodiment of Jesus in the worlds that we step into. He's gifted us that way. He's empowered us that way. He's given us opportunities, and we have, we have the chance now to step out. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is that Jesus has invited you to become the church. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for that promise, that empowerment, that opportunity that you've given us to be the church. And, Lord, as we step out of this place today, may we be people who are constantly becoming, growing and maturing, and finding our place in this invitation that you've given us to be a part of your body. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And I just pray that this week, we just, something would happen as we live out this mission that you would just remind us of who you are. You'd remind us of the opportunities before us and we would be the church. And when we gather again next week, there'd be a friend with us. There'd be someone walking in. There'd be something that we this week living out that mission, you just, we were, we were overwhelmed and just caught off guard a little bit about what it is that you're up to and the invitation that you've given us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys have a good week.